Support for this episode is brought to you by Mrs. Myers. A delightfully clean home can make for a delightful start to the day. At Mrs. Myers, everything we make is inspired by the garden. With plant-derived ingredients, our cleaning products work like the Dickens, leaving your home sparkly clean and your to-do list tackled in no time. So bring a little bit of the outside inside your four walls and bask in the wonder of a garden from the comfort of home. Mrs. Myers, rooted in goodness. Shop now at MrsMyers.com. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. When people ask, Regina, do you like to compete? I say, bring it on. Those are the moments that drive you to achieve more. And when you win, you keep reaching higher. To me, that's what the Cadillac Escalade represents. It's always evolving in technology, in design, everything. Because success isn't the end. It's just the first step to what comes next. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. If you've ever wondered how we started our podcast and how we record our podcast, the answer is so, so simple. Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone, tablet, or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you listen to your podcast. You can make money from your podcast no matter if you have one listener or a thousand listeners. Downloads, everything. I mean, it's so simple. If you're creating something, get paid for it. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started now.
Where the hell's the backlash review? God damn, all you guys are talking about is crap. Welcome to the Heels and Quads podcast. I'm Levi at Levi Diesel on Twitter. Is that the Four Horsemen theme play- playing in the That's background? That's the Four Horsemen theme playing in the background. That's right. Because today's episode is the Four Horsemen. There it is. That squealing guitar. <laughs> and if you didn't know already, I'm Tommy at Mr. Tommy Walter on Twitter. And before this episode, you heard a call in from a listener on Anchor. And his name is Ronnie. And he had some criticism for us on our backlash. We didn't start the episode soon enough or start talking about wrestling soon enough. <laughs> so we upset him. <laughs> and I want to I want to send a thank you to Ronnie uh, for listening, number one, and for giving some feedback on the uh, on the old chatter. Um, sorry, we disappointed you. I called him back, let him know I was sorry we disappointed them and that we would try to do better next time. However, I think maybe we should uh, open up with a 15 minute just general discussion. <laughs> well, I mean, no, there's no no disrespect to what Ronnie said, because we love feedback. Uh, but I mean, if you go and listen to most podcasts, nobody really gets right into it at first. If you listen to Steve Austin's podcast, even when he has a guest on, it's usually like 20 minutes of just general chatter. Now I'm not comparing us to Stone Cold Steve Austin. No, no, no. It's it's every show is general chatter and advertisements and all that. You you think about it. You got to fill an hour or an hour and a half, or sometimes even two hours with talking, and it's us talking. Look, look at Howard Stern. He's on the he's on the air every day for like what four hours? Four hours, yeah. Yeah, it's like what do you you want to talk about nothing but one guest or one topic for four hours? No, you're going to talk about what's going on in life. And I mean, believe it or not, there are people that subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Castbox, Podbean, etc., Spotify. Um, that are actually like, we're, we're, uh, what's, what's the word? 
we're uh, I'm trying to think of a freaking word. I don't know. I'm at a loss. <laughs> we're influencers. Yeah, there we go. There it is. So there are people that are curious as to what we do in our day to day life. You guys know, all know I'm a bartender. Levi's a chef. But I mean, you know, I have a family. Levi's in the process of building one. Um, I'm in the process of buying a house. I we lost our mama cat the other night. So I mean, we we talk about general bullshit just to kind of fill time. Yep. And I mean, you know, and like Sunday, we didn't even really talk because I was moving, and you know, you were busy. You did your engagement pictures and all that stuff. So we did actually didn't even talk on the phone before we recorded Sunday night. Yeah, no, because you were super busy over the weekend and i mean you know it, it's if i'm busy you'll you'll carry things and take notes and if you're busy i'm gonna do the same thing so you know well and that's like today you know even you our... scratch my back i'll scratch yours <laughs> <laughs> even today you know we usually talk on the phone for an hour before we do an episode and we only talked for maybe 15 minutes because yeah, we... 21 minutes and 37 seconds oh you're, you're keeping times so. no i'm just kidding i think it was like 22 <laughs> minutes or something yeah because I had to shower. But I mean, you know, just yeah, he's got a shower. I had, I had to, I had to take a deuce. You got to wash the test, wash the testes, you know. Yeah, you got to keep your sack clean if you want to wear those sacks underwear. Speaking of, uh, nothing better for a uh, long hot day out in the heat than a pair of sacks underwear. So sacks, if you're listening, sponsor the show. At Heels and Quads. I sent an email yesterday, and they gave me some hullabaloo, and I wasn't really intrigued by it. But um, yeah, we'll <laughs> we'll see where that goes. Uh, sent another long email yesterday. We'll see if that takes us anywhere. Um, still trying to get all in. So if you want us at Starcast, you want to meet us. I don't know why you would, but there are <laughs> probably people out there that would like to meet us and talk to us. Um, if we do get to go, of course, we'll we'll have our shirts available from ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Heels and Quads. There's four shirt designs on there right now. Uh, possibly soon to be five. <laughs> I'm waiting yeah. to hear back on that. Um, so, I mean, hashtag heels and quads four, the number four, star like, cast. Like the four horsemen. Like the four horsemen. <laughs> All right, so what's going on in your world? Not much, man. Uh, kind of just kind of took a personal day today, stay away from work. Uh, I got some things I need to deal with regarding work. So you're not uh, technically staying away from work because it's it's all business all the time. That's right. I mean, it's always going, never stopping. You got to live the life that way. You know, uh, that's about it, man. I think today it's a nice sunny day in Arkansas, as you know. And we always talk about the weather. Here's how. I don't know if it's like this in other parts of the country anymore. But the seasons are now winter and then the summer. There's no spring. There's spring for a week. It rains for a week. That's spring. And then now it's summer because it's 80 degrees every day and the skies are clear. It was actually spring for about an hour here today. It rained. Well, it didn't really This morning rain. was nice. Yeah. yeah it, it, it didn't really rain. It kind of sprinkled and then it pissed for about two minutes and then it was done. Now the sun's out. It's it's beautiful out. It's kind of hot already. But... It is. It's that, well, it's that, you know, we've bitched about it before about how Arkansas weather is. It's, 
it's always just humid and muggy and usually by high noon it starts feeling nice and muggy i'm gonna lay out in the sun today get my tan on lift some weights probably do some laundry i know those east coasters call that gtl gym tan laundry (laughs) yeah buddy that's about it man just a nice little personal day i figured it'd be a good day to talk for horsemen early on and then we can both continue our lives this afternoon not that this isn't part of our life because heels and quads is a lifestyle i mean everybody knows it we've got a we've got a t-ball game tonight let's see uh i have not thought about work until today because i'm off tomorrow (laughs) for uh baby tommy's pre-k graduation oh Uh, so i took an extra day off as you guys know i only work three days a week but i still put in 40 hours like everybody else in the country and so today is the first day I'm thinking about work. I'm all moved out of the dungeon. The dungeon is no more. Rest in peace. Yep. So in the new ritual we can now do uh, with uh, my new ritual, at least, is before I go back to work, the night before I watch Sunday Night Heat. Because yeah, it used to um, be when I was a kid, I watched Sunday Night Heat before I went back to school the next day. So now... Sunday and one Night day Heat. after I dealt with the bankers, I watched episode one of Sunday Night Heat. And then pretty much all the wrestling I watched, I watched half of Raw, half of SmackDown. Um, and then I just kind of four horsemen out. for Speaking like of days. Raw and SmackDown, uh, I hear that there is speculation of Money in the Bank having three ladder matches. And the third one will be for a tag team briefcase. You know, we've, I think we talked about that on one of our first episodes, if they would ever do that. And I think it's a great idea. I, yeah, the elimin- I just look at the tag team elimination chamber and hope it doesn't turn out that way. Yeah. Because tag team, the tag teams in WWE are a bit cartoony right yeah. now, except for a few. So it could make the ladder match very, like, like even TVG maybe. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, with eight people being in the men's and women's money in, money in the bank ladder matches, do you think they would have to only – I mean, it could only be four teams. Yeah. Because you don't want to do more than eight because that's – it's it becomes ridiculous at that point. Yeah, and that would you be the two, biggest – Two Raw, two SmackDown teams. I think that's the best – I think that's the best way to go about it. And uh, I'm, I like money in the bank. It's a good – I think it's a good – in recent years, it's gotten a lot better. Yeah, but uh, I, mean, I, I, guess, definitely... I guess you could actually do three on each side. Yeah, I mean that's 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 ten people, so it's two more. Didn't it start off as six though? It was. Like it's it... always been six, but I didn't know they were moving up to eight. Yeah, they're eight now. It's gonna be four from each. I mean that makes sense because the brand split and the show is it's co-branded too. So wait. Yeah, they're going SmackDown and Raw are going head to head every month. Every month from now not on, ju- man. Not just Survivor Series. You haven't seen the commercials yet. <laughs> Wait, what's a commercial? Uh, uh, go to prowrestlingtees dot com forward slash heels and quads and pick up some of our <laughs> shirt designs and or collaranobobrand dot com. Use coupon code heels and quads and all caps at checkout and zubas dot com and use heels and quads. In all caps, at checkout is your coupon code. That saves you 15%. Colorado Boat saves you 10%. And Pro Wrestling Tees helps the show. That's I, s- I sent that line out, and you you hit it. There we Both go. Line and sinker. Uh, yeah, so I think Money in the Bank. Money in the Bank should be interesting. 
Um, I think, I mean, before we get into Four Horsemen, may as well. I, I think my I got Finn Balor or Braun as my favorites. Yeah, for, uh, I, th- I think it'll definitely be a Raw guy. Um, SmackDown, uh, you know, I could see Becky taking this one. Yeah, we we she's been in limbo the last couple of months. I mean, we've been talking about her for. We keep putting weeks her over, now. and it's yeah. like they they just consistently refuse to do anything with her. But I think maybe we might get it here. Yeah, because uh, Flair, she's not. She's gonna be a clean victory. That's not. She's not gonna need money in the bank. But I think uh, Raw guy should take the men's briefcase because. Money in the Bank is a good way to take the belt off Brock, have a match, or, or you know whether it's Lashley or whatever, however that goes down, because the original plans were Lashley and Brock at SummerSlam. Have somebody beat the hell out of Brock. Uh, Braun, Braun, I think Braun's the perfect guy to do it. Come out and dethrone him, because you know after a long match, or <laughs> a short Brock lap match, but uh, beat him down a little bit, have, Brock come out, have Braun come out and win the title. I think SummerSlam's cash-in time, man, because that'll be – and I've seen an interesting fact, since we're just kind of doing a general discussion and we're stretching it out for old Ronnie. Uh, I've seen an interesting fact that Seth Rollins has defended his title four times in the last 12 days, and Brock defended his title three times in 2017. On three different continents, right? Or three different countries? Something, Something like, like that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, and I uh, read from uh, Meltzer yesterday. He said that as of right now, it doesn't look like Brock will be at Money in the Bank. Of course not. Or Extreme Rules. Possibly nope. SummerSlam, but it's not confirmed. So it's like, okay, so how how much longer are we going to go with this? It's it's a joke, man. It's it's a bad it's a bad joke. It, it, it it's it's a harmful rib at this point. Like it is hurting our feelings. Well, it's, I don't get it. And then, you know, you put him on this contract where he gets paid per appearance now. So per appearance and per match. So in a way, I guess they're trying to save money with that. So that means we'll never see him. But I feel like the next time we see him in a match, he need, that title's got to go. But I don't know if they did this to start out with the universal title being, because the title's not prestigious at all. No. Um they it's, started okay, it out. So Finn, Finn was the champ. Owens, Goldberg, Brock. They've had four champions. That's it. And Brock's held it for like almost four hundred days now. Yeah. And it's... I actually saw a tweet um, before we started, and it, it I forget who it was. It was it wasn't anybody in the business, I don't think, but um, it was basically like a statistics of CM Punk versus Brock Lesnar. And, you know, I think the, they're trying to have him break his record. Yeah, because they want it. They want him washed away. Yep. But it's kind of hard to break his record when you don't defend the title. It's pe- wrestling fans aren't going to look at it as when you look at the two modern day longest reigning champions. CM Punk's still going to be the one that everybody looks to because Brock doesn't defend it. Punk defended his title at all house shows and on TV and every pay-per-view it was always he was he was a he was a fighting champion yeah so everybody and, everybody shits on CM Punk man and I know I, I've all, I was always a punk fan I don't know why he just was one of my guys and I, but I you know I get I've gotten over the fact that like you know chanting CM Punk and come back and all that 
we all know if he comes back, he said the Bucks have said that they're the first ones he's going to call. Yeah. He doesn't want to go to WWE. No. And, I mean, you know, it kind of reminds me, you know, we talked about last week, the Attitude Era and Vince's promo. Well, he's insulting our intelligence right now. Yeah. That's what he's doing. Well, not him necessarily because, you know, everybody's kind of got their hand in it at this point. And I understand, you know, Brock's a moneymaker. They're in a bit. It's a business. They're in a business of making money. But you also have to take into account, you know, the fans can be right sometimes. Just because, well, how much money is he actually because, making them? You know, right. but just because we do a podcast or somebody else does a podcast or somebody sends out a tweet or you know in a in a forum or whatever, and they voice their opinions, you know, automatically, you know, they're they're shunned because they're not technically in the business. Well, right now, we're in the business of podcasting, and our podcast is about wrestling. Therefore, we have the right to voice our opinions. Therefore, you know, for whatever reason, if somebody listened to this and they got mad at us because, you know, we're marks and we're just shitting on everything, that's not the case. We, we're we not trying to shit on everything. We shit on what we don't agree with. Yeah. Because... It's our money that we worked hard for that we spend on T-shirts and merchandise and action figures for my kids and that I like to look at. And that pays for Brock's appearances or for that belt to be on somebody. That pays their bills. They don't pay my bills. This podcast doesn't pay my bills. I do it because I love it. I love to talk about wrestling. But also I like to – I like that people like to hear my opinion or your opinion because most of the time our opinions are about the same. That's why we do this together because we both kind of had have the same outlook or viewpoint on professional wrestling. And right now, WWE is not giving us what we think they can give us. They have nope. all the talent in the world. All I mean, they've scooped up so many people the last few years and – Every time somebody comes in, other than AJ Styles, which I read yesterday, he was not supposed to be a main event player at first. But he's so over, they just, you know. Well, yeah, they could, they couldn't, they couldn't silence the fans because his, the chants for him were so freaking loud. They had no choice. Yeah. Well, there's chants for everybody else that's super loud, and they're not. I think the re- and I've said it before on here is. The reason they pick up all these guys, they they buy these guys and put them on contracts, is because they, because that takes away competition out there, and that gives them the rights to those guys for the time being, and uh, keep them under their watch and their contract, and so they're not out there making making bigger headlines. Yeah, than, and than th- them. and that's what's the biggest surprise about you know them not. I don't. I mean, I don't know 100% if they haven't, but I mean, I'm surprised. You know, like the Young Bucks and Omega and all the, you know, all the Bullet Club guys. I'm surprised they haven't signed them yet. And I hope that they stick to their guns and realize, you know, which I know for the most part they do. We can do it without the Fed. Oh God, yeah, of they're course. doing it. And I they, mean, they're making money. Yeah. They're about to do their own event. Ran strictly by them in a 10,000 seat arena, 10,000 plus seat arena. And I would I, honestly I, I like... think they're doing it just to show 
Yeah. Vince and if and all if company. all in is a success, then there's gonna be another one, you know? And that, it's no gotta be on Vince's radar. Be. Yeah. It's gotta be on their radar that like, hey, these guys are so big. First indie guys to have their shirts in Hot Topic. The and now the first indie guys to do their own show. Like ten thousand seats. And it's a huge deal. I mean, it's this. It's it a, is. This is a big deal. What other indie promotion ever have you ever heard of putting together an arena show with ten thousand plus seats? It's never happened. No, right, like Ring of Honor doesn't do that because they're afraid to take a chance and fail. These guys yeah. are all in. Here, if if it fails, it fails. They, you know, they're like lesson learned. But if it if it succeeds, which by the looks of it, it's going to be huge just by looking at Twitter and all the people saying, hey, got my hotel booked for all in. And how many hotels have sold out? Uh, all of them in that area. Yeah. Uh, you know, the hotel that I have booked just in case we do get to go is, you know, 12 miles away. Yeah. But it's I like, think I think when these guys. Well, go ahead. What you're saying and I'll come up after no, go that. Ahead. I I just I think when these guys I don't know how contract negotiations go in WWE and I would like to talk to some guys that came from the Indies to there and left or whatever you know I wish we could have some guests like that so I could get some inside details obviously not too much but I I if the contract negotiation is like you go in there and if you can I feel like if you're able to you should say you know okay I want two tag title I'm um, a tag team. I want two or three tag title runs and my well, four-year contract or whatever. Okay, if you're a main eventer out there in the indies, you come in, I'm not signing unless I get a world title run and I'm not talking NXT, you know, sh- stuff like that. Yeah. And well, I and I think I mean even if, you know, you're a main eventer in the indies, you know, even if you just negotiate to the point where it's like I want to be guaranteed to be on TV at least 3 out of the 4 shows of the month. Yeah. And, you know, at least like every other something, every other pay-per-view, something like that. Something. Like you you can't, beggars can't be choosers. But, you know, the thing that, that pisses me off the most is, you know, the guys in the indies that do it. It's their dream, most of them, to make it to WWE. And, I mean, you know, a lot of guys have came on and did a job or whatever. But, you know, and, and that might be the dream in there, you know. Yeah, hey, I made it. Just I to be in on, that ring. Yeah, I got on Raw. I was in a WWE ring. I was on TV. You know, that's going to be forever now, especially with the WWE Network. But, you know, to bring a guy in and promise him the moon and the stars and then shit on him, that's just shitty business. And, you know, he's going to go back to the indies and say, you know, in a dressing room, oh, yeah, it was it was cool to be in WWE for a while, but, you know, they didn't meet the expectations that I had. Yeah, I I think it's time to start doing this, uh, sending them back down to, it was rumored a while back that they're going to start kind of moving people around to NXT. I think, uh, I think it would be good to have some of your Raw guys and SmackDown guys, not only are they doing TV and house shows, but the occasional NXT appearance, because that's how it was in the earlier days. I mean, there was, the earlier days of NXT, there was, uh. You know, CM Punk went down there, had a match with Seth Rollins. Yeah. Their titles and stuff like that. Like, they need to have, like, put Orton down there. Send him down there and have Cesaro went down there and had a match with uh, Sami Zayn. Yeah. Uh, Have these guys go down there and, 
do some matches here and there. And if you Kane, don't have Kane any... and Daniel Bryan went when they were yeah, the tag Yeah, teams. yep, yep. If Zach you don't... Ryder went down before uh, Hype Bros. Um, I mean, the if list you, goes on. But... If you don't have matches for these guys at Money in the Bank or you don't have a spot for them at Backlash, put them on a takeover and have them do a big match, a, a dream match with somebody. You know, have have <laughs> – I don't know. Have Andrade when he was still down there. Have uh... – Back in the day, El Del Rio versus Andrade or something. I mean, whatever. The list goes on. But it's just, that would actually have been a good match. That would have been a good match. <laughs> just, but just you know, use these guys. You have them under contract, and it's their decision if they want to just pay them a ton of money to do nothing. That's fine. And to yeah. me, it's as long as the wrestlers are happy. That's what I care about because I want these guys. I don't like hearing stories when they go to WWE and they're miserable. Yeah, because it sucks. After because they that's leave, the dream. and then you know they're doing a shoot interview, and they're like, yeah. This guy was an asshole. This guy was a prick. I you know, yeah, I hated she it. She was a know? bitch, you know, blah blah blah. And it's like, dude, we you know, as much as we like to shoot interviews, like we don't want to hear our precious WWE get shit on unless it's by us. We don't yeah. want the, we don't want the wrestlers to be disgruntled about it. And some of them aren't, you know, some of them know, you know, hey, if I get released, this is just now. It's not forever. I could still come back. And that's what, you know, like Kurt Hawkins left and came back. Uh, McIntyre left and came back. Um, and even though Kurt Hawkins is, you know, losing all the time, at least he's in matches. Yep. And that and he... and I was going to get to that about the chance and stuff. Uh, Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins uh, before Raw did main event and a match against each other because they both started in Long Island. They won the tag belts in Long Island. Yeah, all they were stuff. the edge heads, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, before... Kurt Hawkins came out and before Zack Ryder came out, you know, the crowd was chanting, we want Ryder. It's like in certain spots, that chant hasn't died. No. And and, it's... and once again, you know, they gave him a, a little bit of a push and then he gets next to Cena and gets squashed. It's like Sandow, man. Years ago when he had, he had that match with Cena, he cashed in on uh, Raw. That was, yeah. that was a great match. It was. And man, I was... I was so ready for Sandow to win that because I mean he was he was such a great great talent like and he was over like yeah, super over at the he time he was over great in the ring great on the on the promo everything yeah he, I, I mean he was just a great he was a great heel but I mean the fans loved him so much he almost he was he was one of those tweeners like Robert likes to talk about I heard that term used on uh, the cultaholic guys I think Jack said it he said tweener. And I was like, okay, so it is a it is a thing. But wolfen, wolfen. But oh, yeah, I think this. I I just think I... people need to be used, and I think the the NXT tale needs to come true, where some guys go down there and have matches, or do a six month stint down there, and. From regular expenses to occasional splurges, there's a lot to buy. Why not get cash back every time you spend? With the PenFed Power Cash Rewards Card, you get cash back on every purchase. That's everywhere, every time you use it. You can even earn a $100 statement credit when you spend $1,500 in the first 90 days. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash to apply. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. When people ask, Regina, do you like to compete? I say, bring it on. Those are the moments that drive you to achieve more. And when you win, you keep reaching higher. 
To me, that's what the Cadillac Escalade represents. It's always evolving in technology, in design, everything. Because success isn't the end, it's just the first step to what comes next. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. You know, it, it's just, I want to, because I, I, and I don't keep, I can't watch NXT. For some reason, I never keep up with NXT on Wednesdays, but usually before I take over, I'll kind of binge a couple to see what was going on. Yeah, that's what, I mean, that's what you have to do. Because um, like we said, when we talked about that before on the show all the time, <laughs> um, I've, I've been waiting for that. Um, you know, what was it? The takeover, uh, takeover before Mania, we were talking about that. We're like, yeah, uh, we need to binge, binge watch a few NXTs to just to, you know, because I mean, it's hard to watch it because we already know what happens because it's on all the all the internet sites before it even happens because it's recorded, you know, weeks before. So it's hard to keep up with it. I think I was thinking about it the other day a bunch before we get too far off here and start talking about the horsemen here in a minute, but. I was thinking about it the other day about these indie guys, or not necessarily indie guys, but just guys from outside of WWE that aren't supposed to be the guy. They go in there, and I think a lot of their matches are doled down because of it's. We were talking about AJ and Shinsuke, their match. Uh, Jamie Noble was the agent. You sent me that, by the way. Yeah. Uh, when we were bitching about that on Backlash, um, I, I think. That a lot of the guys, it's not just them, fall victim to, you know, go go out there and you got you got twelve minutes or or well you got ten minutes it goes over or you got fifteen minutes it goes over. Um, don't go out there and tear the house down because we need to make sure the main event looks good. But yet during the main event of Roman and, and Samoa Joe, and this is this is every show can be like this. If somebody's in the main event that doesn't need to be there, the crowd's chanting, "This is boring," and people are getting up and leaving. But yet you have you have a true wrestling match of Seth and The Miz open up the show and tear it down, burn it down, if you will. Burn it down! I like that little bit that they added to it. Um, it it's just, it's, it's hap- it happens. And, and it's like NXT, it's like, okay, you can go out there and just tear it up because you guys aren't on TV. So everybody's match, you guys compete with each other. And then when you go to the main roster, we'll put you on TV twice a month and you can work a couple house shows. And but we won't put you on pay-per-view unless you're huge and you're really buff and, you know, and your merch is selling. And your merch is it, and it's like Lashley and it, I'm I'm really still stunned by Backlash, dude. That was bad. It was bad. It just I And can't Ronnie, that's it. why you had to wait so long for us to get to it. <laughs> After 28 minutes. I'll vape to that. Yeah, that was that was a rough one, man. And and I have no I don't really need to go back and watch it. And I did watch uh, the Greatest Royal Rumbles. I've just got past AJ and Shinsuke's match. I'm just now at Taker and Rusev. Like, I'm taking it like match by match every couple days. Uh, AJ and Shinsuke's match wasn't terrible at the Greatest Royal Rumble, but I don't understand this low blow disqualification and double countouts and, like, like, what's going on? Yeah, and it's not just us either. I've seen, you know mumbling on Twitter about it, you know, and I've seen, I've seen at least 10 people post screenshots of them canceling WWE Network because of backlash. It's because these guys that are the guys are, they're doing, they just don't want them doing better than, and, and it's, Roman's a great worker and stuff, but he's, I don't know how many times I can say it, man, he's not their guy. 
He's just not. He sells a lot of merch to the kids and or the kids. He doesn't sell it to the kids, but hey, speaking kids buy of merch, uh, but... speaking of Roman merch. So this morning, uh, Kyler was getting ready for school, and he was like, "Hey, can you help me find uh, find a shirt to wear?" So I was like, "Okay." I was going through all the shirts, and I was like, "Oh, here's your Roman shirt." And then right behind that was uh, the heels and quads. Yeah, vintage design. He goes, "I'd rather wear that one." Oh, nice. You want to talk about a proud moment? Hell yeah. Because like, we're more over than he is. My my son would rather wear, you know, dad's shirt to school than Roman Reigns. That's a big deal, man. Yes. You know, that's that's just. And I'm not sh- I'm not shitting particularly on Roman because I do it all the no, time. No, no, I'm not it's, shitting it's on every, either. It's, I just, it's everybody, I thought that man. was an awesome, you know, moment. I mean, not just for me, but for you and the show. You and know, then like, the botched. Yeah, absolutely. Your kid wants to wear the, the show shirt to school. And, you know, hopefully his classmates are like, what's that? And he's like, oh, it's my dad's podcast. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. every, t- every time they one of the kids wears their shirt to school, I always ask them if anybody asked about it. Good. So and tell your I, friends and your enemies. I haven't watched the – I haven't got – and I know the greatest were almost like almost a month ago now, but uh, – or a couple weeks ago. But I still haven't watched the Brock and Roman match, and the finish was botched. And uh, – Yeah, and they were real quick to uh, – come up with a reason on that weren't they oh the ref seen it wrong and like yeah whatever you know Poor the shit. belt the belt should have went on roman that night and put him because he's on tv but this it's it's a it's just stupid horseshit brock fucked up and they had to look for a reason to fix it yeah so speaking of horse shit we are here to talk about the four horsemen today i think we not can... that they're horse shit no no but the horse is shit and that's horse shit yeah okay so, so yeah 31 let's 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 get on it all right, so today is, well, after that little bitch fest, you guys, and I'm sure most of you enjoyed it, but uh, we're here to talk about and start our new series of Wrestling Factions, and it won the poll in a landslide, surprisingly. That was between, very surprising. Between DX, NWO, Bullet Club, and the Four Horsemen, the Four Horsemen won, and like I said, a freaking landslide. And I'm actually kind of pumped because not a lot of people, you know, a lot of people talk about NWO all the time. The first two uh, 83 weeks, the new Eric Bischoff podcast with Conrad Thompson um, are based on the NWO. For every uh, moment you made each- What is that? That was an advertisement. Oh, the first episode was, you know, the formation of the NWO. And the second one was uh, the Finger Poke of Doom. So, I mean, NWO's beat, uh, you can't beat the horse to death, pun intended. And as my uh, phone blows uh, up with uh, new Twitter uh, followers, uh. thank you for following the show. Um, once again, if you don't follow the show on Twitter, if you don't have a Twitter account, sign up for a Twitter account, follow the show at Hills and Quads. And uh, <laughs> we're trying to get to 1,000 before this Sunday, which is my birthday, Mother's Day, and, of course, the all-in press conference, which you can watch on Twitch TV, the Being the Elite channel, and also on Pro Wrestling T's Facebook page. That's right. So let's get started, shall we? Yeah. So Wrestling Faction's Four Horsemen. All right, so in the 70s, Flair. 
Wait for it. <laughs> there it is. God, I love that. That is a great song. All right, put your fingers up in the in the four stance. <laughs> I am. We uh, when I post a screenshot to Instagram, instead of putting, you know, the screenshot of the episode, I'm just gonna hold up four fingers, take a picture, and post that. There we go. I'll send um, you one of mine too, and then we can collage it together. Yeah, there we go. Um, so Flair was brought in originally as a cousin to Arn and Oli Anderson in mid mid Atlantic. Championship Wrestling, which was also, you know, Jim, Jim Crockett Promotions. They were the uh, Minnesota Wrecking Crew, right? Yeah, and once uh, Flair started teaming up with uh, Blackjack Mulligan and uh, who else was it? Greg Valentine. Greg, Yeah, Greg Valentine. Cause, and then he teamed with them until Valentine left to go to WWF. And uh, then in 1981, they brought back Arn and Ole after Flair won the NWA World Heavyweight Championship for the first time from Harley Race. Um, so then they they actually formed the Four Horsemen in 1985, the original four being Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Ole Anderson, and Tully Blanchard. J.J. Dillon was brought in as their manager. At the time, Arn was with Continental Championship Wrestling. Tully was with Southwest Championship Wrestling. And... You know, they thought they needed a stable to, and it was kind of by accident. Which yeah, they is, weren't, they weren't like originally called the, they just kind of came together and. Yeah, it came, it came up in a promo Arn Anderson did, and he was talking about how you'd never seen this much, you know, basically this much muscle and this much talent in anything since the Four Horsemen of Apocalypse. Yeah. So I then, think, and Arn was a, well, go ahead. Go, no, go ahead. Go ahead. You're, I think, you're talking I think, up Arn, so I'm cool with it. Arn was, he was like the the promo cutter that made, like, he was the most logical. And yeah, he, 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 had he very was like smart that, promos. He was like almost that serial killer instinct, the enforcer, if you will. Yeah, yeah, he, he was, was just great. He was the, he was like the muscle, but he, he was almost conniving in a way. Because where, you know, Flair was the flash and the woo and the strut and everything and the whining and dining and, you know, 69. <laughs> yep. Flair. <laughs> 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 that in there. Um, but, uh, and he is 69 now, by the way, so. Shout so out he's really 69 and. <clears throat> um, but, you know, Arn was like that, like I was saying, he was, you know, it, it was almost like a it, – it's a lot of when Stone Cold came in originally, like when he was starting to turn in that Stone Cold character from the Ringmaster, his promos that they would show on the small screen. Yeah. It was – you could tell it was very Arn Anderson influenced. For sure, yeah. softly spoken but got the point across. And that's yeah. – He was just ahead. a hell of a storyteller on the mic with like like the analogies he used. Mm-hmm. It, it was always like there was one I heard. I was watching a bunch of promos, and uh, he said, "If someone slapped your baby and pushed him off the cliff, like, like, where do you yeah, come would up you with not that? Take that personal, yeah, I yeah." Loved it. I watched that one too. I loved it. Oh my god! And I tweeted. Uh, I think it, I can't remember if it was Monday or yesterday, but I tweeted out that 
I thought, in my opinion, Arn Anderson was the most under one of the most underrated professional wrestlers of all time. And I put him right up there with Scott Hall and Kurt Henning as somebody who should have held the main title in one of the two big promotions. Especially back then when they were so they were so hot, you know. The, I mean, the but it was hard because it was almost like, you know, as we you know, we'll get to it eventually, but like evolution. They always held all the titles. Yeah. Flair was always the main guy, you know, so he was gonna be the world heavyweight champion. But yeah. you know, there were times like in the late eighties when or early nineties even when Flair and Arn were feuding. So it was like, why, you know, why can't we put the why can't we put the strap on Arn? I mean, even if it it was for a month or so or a week even, just to say he had it. Like I don't know, I just thought that was always he. Yeah, I'm with you. He's shitty. definitely he's definitely one of the most underrated, and his his mic skills alone were just all, all four of these, all five of the originals. And, um, and dare I mention again the uh, Spinebuster from WrestleMania 17? Oh yeah. And I mean, you think about it. How many guys have been influenced by Arn or 18? Anderson? Or was it 18? Okay, my bad. With the Undertaker. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I was trying to remember yeah. where that came from too before I said it. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "Oh shit!" I yeah, I I botched that, but uh, we'll be on Botchamania soon. Botch. Um, um, where was I going with that? But how many guys, you know, did Arn influence himself? You know, it wasn't just Flair. You know, he uh, he influenced Triple H. Triple H always used the Spinebuster, and yeah. Triple H was always a Horseman fan, and you know. He got that from him. Carl Anderson uses the spine buster as well. Um, I think the I think the spine buster was uh, Arn was kind of the guy who paved the way for everybody else to use it. Batista, it, you know, yeah, it was kind of like and and Batista was the, the enforcer of you know the of evolution. That's evolution was originally going to be the the new four. It was going to be the four horsemen. And that first promo when, the, you know, they're walking down the street or whatever, and then, you know, they're getting the helicopter. It was so horseman. Yeah. It's, that's that's one. I mean, we'll have to do an episode on evolution, too. Oh, here, yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll definitely be one we cover. Because I think we're really going to enjoy this series, and I think everybody listening is going to enjoy this series. Because we have to go in such detail. Yeah. And, I mean, going forward, all of our, like, the rivalries one, that was actually a surprising hit i w- i couldn't believe it when the numbers started coming in and i was like holy crap we're gonna I, I have to start doing believe. more we're gonna have to start doing more research and take our time with these because i want to be able to watch all of these big matches and not just you know the first few or whatever and then just kind of skip around as a truck drives by the, the, um, the yeah the horsemen winning by a mile honestly not that they're not legendary but i just didn't i i didn't see them beating nwo or dx or uh I could definitely see Bullet Club not winning because yeah. we talk about it anyways. Yeah, but... we, we're like the unofficial Bullet Club podcast at this point. But it's crazy, man. It's just the, the horsemen. But I think a lot of people, it's just, you know, this was kind of your era of wrestling. Yeah, I don't know I, if you, you were. Know, I, I, they formed in 85. I was born in 87. But, I mean, I remember watching the Four Horsemen as a kid. Even, I mean, it would have been more around like 91-ish. Now, being more that you were – you were in more of Fed territory back mm-hmm. then. Was was NWA or WCW harder to catch on TV? It wasn't harder because I mean they were on TBS and TBS was nationwide. That's right. So I mean, regardless of where you were, it was easy to get. And I, I mean, I even remember watching TBS and 
when I was a kid and it would be like an Atlanta Braves game. And I'd be yeah. like, oh, my God, I wish this game would end. I'm ready for, you know, I'm ready for Sting and Luger and all these guys. And, you know, later on, Flair. Because when I kind of started watching uh, WCW, it was around 91, 92. So, Flair was in WWF at the time. Yeah. But, you know, I was aware that, that Ric Flair had been, you know, before. I knew his history, even as a young kid. And it's crazy to think that, but, you know, I look at, you know, baby Tommy now and how much he knows about wrestling and its history. And I'm like, yeah, it's absolutely, you know, logical that I could remember that because obviously wrestling has left an imprint on my life. Yeah. So anyways, going from there, when they were 85, uh, JJ Dillon was brought in as their manager. They started feeding with Dusty Rhodes, and I don't know if you watched it um, when we, when you were doing your little research, but that the video of them beating Dusty Rhodes up in the parking lot. I don't think I've seen that. Have you ever watched it? I don't. I don't recall. It's probably been in a package somewhere. Like, yeah, I'm not. I I'm mean, not super educated on the Four Horsemen. I'm a little. I'm a little younger. If not, yeah, after we're done, you need to go, go watch it. No, no, I will. I'll check it out. I mean, they beat the shit out of him. They break his arm. They break his ankle. Um, This obviously leads to um, the Omni in Atlanta when they break his leg. But, I mean, they feuded with everybody that was big in the NWA at this time. Dusty was a long – that was a long with Flair and Dusty. Oh, yeah. That was And, I mean, that's one of those feuds that's, you know, I – when we were – when I texted you my ideas for that poll, the first – rivalries one i was like i'd love to do dusty and flair but man they just they've i mean everybody that's a lot yeah and And i mean it's 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 a long feud that would have to be probably a month of us just watching flair and dusty and not that it would be bad because man they never had a bad match no those guys were always on and dusty's promos i'd like to do a spotlight on dusty Rhodes. Uh, oh yeah yeah because i mean geez louise the Oh my God, Dusty hard did times, it all, man. Dude, hard times. That is still like, if not my favorite, at least in my top three for favorite promos ever. Yeah. Um. So at this point, they have all the titles. Yep. And they, I mean, they all, they all. If you watch any Four Horsemen promo from old school NWA, there's always you, belts everywhere. <laughs> yeah, you can find it uh, now on WWE Network under uh, World Championship Wrestling, not Nitro or Thunder, but World Championship Wrestling. It's like a blue background. It's on the and, vault. Yeah, and you can watch all those old WCW TVs. And man, like, I mean, even if they're going against jobbers or something, you know, it's always so entertaining because, you know, not only do you got, you know, Jim Cornette, and Tony Schiavone with his mustache, but you know, you and then later on Jim Ross. But you've got you've got the Horseman promos, dude, and it's like the show in its entirety. You're not just watching a clip on YouTube or whatever. It's it's the full show, so you get kind of that background to each one, and it puts a little more context to it. It 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 makes you more invested, even though it's thirty years old. You're like, shit, I could totally watch this. Yeah, if this was on today, I'd be more intrigued by what garbage they're putting out now. Oh yeah, definitely. And this this is gonna this this episode is gonna make me watch a lot more of the world championship stuff. I'm telling you, dude, I started watching it like when they put it on, and they've added a lot to it. I'm still I mentioned it on the podcast before, but 
I'm still waiting on them to get past like 89. I want to see that early 90, 91, like going into yeah. like Flair for the gold and all that stuff. Like, oh my God, that stuff was so good. And if you watch the old Clash of Champions and stuff, even that. Was yeah, just, I love those. Yes. Oh man. I mean, and they were still good even when like the NWO and stuff, but it wasn't the same. Like, no, and, I, and speaking of like then. factions and NWO, the Horsemen, the Four Horsemen was one of like, I think it was – I don't know much about factions prior to the Horsemen's existence. Mm, yeah. But I think the Four Horsemen is a – it's a – they influenced and paved the way for wrestling factions. Yeah. Uh, because there's Ross no – on their, the DVD. There, the yeah, there's no – there's no – like prior to these guys, I, I mean, I, I don't know many factions before them, if any – and I'm and I'm all you marks out there. I'm you know correct me, but these guys were like the original faction, faction, the original heel faction. The guy, the guys that you love to hate and hated to love. Yeah, all girl, because you, all the girls wanted them. All yep. the guys wanted to beat them, whether they admitted it or not. Deep yep. down, I mean, that, <clears throat> I remember they, being a kid. And, they were the you know, they were the men. They were yeah. they were the man's men. Yeah. You know. They went out and they partied, and they, I mean, they actually did. They lived that that lifestyle. It wasn't it wasn't a kayfabe thing. Even then, you know, it was like we're going out, we're going out on the town. You know, they actually rode in the jets, which I mean, it was Jim Crockett's private jets, but I mean, they rode in them. They were picked up by a limo from the airport. They check in the hotel. They'd hit the hotel bar or whatever. Then they go do the show. Then they go out on the town pick up women, you know? I mean, it's just like, It was legit. Like, they were, like, li- literally living the lifestyle. Yeah. And, I they mean, that, you know, Tully was married for, like, nine years and then got divorced, you know? And Flair was married how many times now? 27? Uh, you know, yeah. He's got as many... <laughs> I think he's had as many weddings as Yankees have world championships. I think he's had as many weddings as he has title reigns. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, and that's... I mean, it's not cool. You know, you should never cheat on your wife. But... I mean, it's 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 the ideology of it, you know. It's like this is what cool is, you know. And like I said, don't cheat on your wife because that's shitty. But you know, he's going out. He's he's wearing the suits, and you know, even like when I go to a casino, I'm always like, man, I need to get a suit and wear it in here. And just yeah, yeah. You you know, I'd be you want to look the part at least. Anytime you go anywhere and you dress up and you've got dress shoes on. If you're a wrestling fan, chances are you've at some point in the back of your mind thought, man, this is, you know, I wish I was the horseman, horseman. man. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And I'm not, I'm not bullshitting, you know, it's actually came into my mind. I walked into a casino and like my, you know, my nice leather dress shoes and like, man, I'd love to be here with Ric Flair right now. Yeah. But I mean, you know, so uh, upward and onward through the horsemen because this is like i said this is a long list of things i'm not even off my first page of notes um so only cost arn and uh, gotta have nose itch only cost he and arn the tag team titles at starcade 86 in february of 87 Luger's skywalkers uh is that skywalkers? Yeah, I, think, I think that's skywalkers uh which if you haven't watched that show that's a badass show. Yeah. Um, I actually wanted that. I think that was the first uh, classic review I wanted to cover. 
And, it was in our Starcade uh, poll. Yeah, and uh, 95 beat it out. Um, so in February 87, Luger's brought in as associate. He's not a member quite yet, but, I mean, unofficially is in, in all, you know, horseman fashion and documented, Lex Luger was an official member. Um, this is when they start having the War Games matches, and this was actually my first um, NWA VHS tape, was War Games 87, uh, Great American Bash, and it's the Four Horsemen and J.J. Dillon, of course, against Dusty Rhodes, Nikita Koloff, the Road Warriors, and Paul Ellerling. So, and I mean, and the, back then, Great American Bash was like the event, and then they did like a lot of house shows. But they yeah. do the same matches. So at one of them, uh, J.J. Dillon separated his shoulder. So they brought in who would be the big boss man later on, Bubba Rogers. And uh, he would fill in for J.J. Dillon. I'm like parched. I just feel like I'm rambling. You're uh, going, man. You're carrying it. I'm not a – I'm, I'm not – for me, I didn't get – my horsemen obviously wasn't the originals, you know. Mine's like Benoit and Malenko and Flair and all. like that's when I started. Seeing okay, the so I'll I'll run through this a little quicker. That way we can get up to speed and you. Can oh no no no! no. I'm not. I ain't worried about it. Okay, so Lex Luger was kicked out after accusing JJ Dillon for costing him the U.S. title. Uh, then Lex Luger forms an alliance with Barry Windham, who beat Arn Anderson and Tully at the first Clash of Champions in April of '88. Barry turns on Lex to join the Horsemen. Um, at this point now, it is official that the four Horsemen are now Ric Flair, Barry Wyndham, Arn Anderson, and Tully Blanchard. Of course, still with J.J. Dillon. Uh, I think that's the that's kind of like the four that is most recognized. Yeah, and that's like the Ole, one that Ole, was, that was the was one it? that was recognized in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, like Ole Ole was uh, the one of the original members, but. It's always Barry that's kind of... And and I think a lot of the reason why, you know, Oli wasn't included in that induction was because he's such an asshole. <laughs> well, and, he, and then he failed that drug test. And nobody... Well, he was... Nobody gets along with Oli, so... No, yeah, he was kind of a hard ass, and uh, it was said that he failed a drug test while still in WWF. Not not Oli, never mind, that was... Uh, that was Tully. That was Tully, my bad. That, yeah, 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 that's, yeah, that's coming up. Okay, so right after that, September of 88. My bad. Tully Blanchard joined. That's almost like the Mr. Fuji incident. No, it's okay. That's, hey, man. You admitted that this wasn't your forte. It's not that it's not my forte. It's before my time. Yeah. It's like I'm still, I've been a wrestling fan for 20 years, and I'm still learning about the horsemen. You know what I mean? So So. September of 88, Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard, after having a dispute, yeah, with should. booking and all of the horse shit that's going on, not the horsemen. But Arn and Tully leave for WWF. Mainbusters uh, and are managed by, and of course they they drop the belts at the last minute to yeah. Midnight Express. Yep. Um, and then it's kind of a rotating door. It's a couple of guys who were never officially members, like Butch Reed who had matches, but he was kind of hired by J.J. Dillon to take over. Um, it became a lot of, like, affiliation at yeah. this point. Like, it was – you weren't you might not be an official member, all like, but you were always – like, you were affiliated, and you were one of 
you were with them, you know. That yeah, was your... you, were, you were still one of the boys. Like, you yeah. weren't against them, but you weren't, you know, officially a member. Also, uh, Kendall Wyndham, who you might remember, was with Barry in uh, the West Texas Rednecks with Kurt Henning. Um, at this time, February of 89, he's kind of affiliated with them as well. And then... Uh, and then I mean, 89 a... onward is the big switching around a lot yeah and then uh you get a there's a match with eddie gilbert and a masked uh mystery partner against barry windham and rick flair and after the match he's unmasked and it's ricky steamboat so that's kind of where that whole steamboat rick flair their freaking classic matches i mean hour-long broadways of just tearing the freaking house down every night and, I mean, you've heard it. I, I think Ric Flair said it in his speech in the Hall of Fame. Ricky Steamboat said it in his speech of the Hall of Fame. And, you know, Ricky Steamboat's mostly remembered for his match at WrestleMania three against Savage. But, I mean, he – him and Flair just – I mean, if anybody's listening, if anybody's a newer wrestling fan or a younger wrestling fan and you haven't watched a Ricky Steamboat-Ric Flair match, do yourself a favor and do it. Yeah. Because you will be amazed at the stories they tell in ring. And the promos were great too, of course. But I mean, just the in ring storytelling between those two and the chemistry they had was awesome. Um, then JJ Dillon gets kayfabe fired uh, from the Four Horsemen. He uh, actually shoot, ends up taking a job in the office for WWF. And he, he was in WWF from. This point, which I believe is 1990, uh, no, this is still 89, and uh, he is there, I know he's there until at least Pillman comes in, because he was there at the Pillman press conference when he signed with WWF, so that was 96, right? Yeah. Late 96, early 97? Yeah, late 96. Um, So then uh, they bring in Hiro, Hiro Matsuda who also was managed by J.J. Dillon, so he's kind of seen as, like, another affiliate. Um, Then the Horsemen officially disband, and they become the young... A little flexibility can go a long way. By refinancing your newer used auto loan with PenFed, you can lower your monthly payments for more flexibility in your budget. You can even schedule your first payment for up to 60 days from the date of your refinance. Calculate how much you could save at PenFed.org slash autorefi or call 1-800-247-5626 to apply. Membership is open to everyone. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. When people ask, Regina, do you like to compete? I say, bring it on. Those are the moments that drive you to achieve more. And when you win, you keep reaching higher. To me, that's what the Cadillac Escalade represents. It's always evolving in technology, in design, everything. Because success isn't the end, it's just the first step to what comes next. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Kamazaki Corporation. Then Barry Windham leaves for WWF and becomes the Widowmaker. I don't know if anybody remembers that gimmick, but it was not. I don't think anybody does. I remember it, and it was not good. And I, I actually kind of remember watching old, you know, WWF Coliseum videotapes of Barry Windham as the Widowmaker, and I'm like, isn't that Barry Windham from, from the the Horseman? Yeah, like it takes a minute to register. Yeah, it's like, wait, what? Um, so then, uh, Michael P.S. Hayes kind of affiliates himself with 
what is not the Four Horsemen, but it's kind of like this is all kind of a group of everything that kind of happens. And he's kind of like their J.J. Dillon at this point. Yeah, Hayes. yeah, because Michael Hayes was never really the most active member of the, the Freebirds. It was no. usually Bam Bam Gordy and uh, John Stamos and uh, Garvin, Jimmy Garvin. Oh, um, yeah, right. Not John Stamos. Not just Jesse and the Rippers were never in the NWA. That's right. Unfortunately. Just WWF. Well, I mean, they did, like, show the forever promo video, like, 20,000 times. But, unfortunately, not on TBS, which is... Well, I guess they did, because I'm sure Full House at some point ran on TBS. But, anyways. So, in December of 89, the Horsemen reform. And at this point, it is now Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, the returning Ole Anderson, and Sting. Yep. Then, I remember the. I, I know this portion. Okay, because I I followed a lot of Sting stuff, and I remember he was. It's like faint. It's faint because it was almost. It was just such a short time that he was. Yeah, it, it's really short. I mean, it's December of eighty nine to to uh, May or no ninety. It's it's nineteen ninety. It's not even May. I think it's like April. But uh, yeah, they have a couple months. They have like a pro, like a promo interview in the ring, and Terry Funk in a tuxedo <laughs> is oh, conducting boy. the interview, and he calls out the four horsemen, you know, and Flair's dressed to the nines, of course. Arn is wearing casual wear. Oli, this was Oli's in this all was black, when... and they even kind of say he looks like Johnny Cash. And then this was when Tully Blanchard. That's that's why Sting came in because Tully. This is when he failed that. Yeah, drug after test. Arn came back to NWA and WCW wouldn't rehire. Yeah, Tully failed a drug test in WWF for cocaine. Imagine that. And uh, so WCW heard about it and they wouldn't rehire him. So Sting joins. A uh, couple months later, Sting's gone. Um, like I was saying, the promo. You know, Sting's wearing a bolo tie. <laughs> He's yeah, all decked out in like cowboy wear. <clears throat> yeah, and, he's like a, it's like a totally different dude. Yeah, and Oli breaks the and with face paint on, by the way. Yeah, which I mean, I, I it would have been cool if he would have came out like that and like no face paint, but the sunglasses. Like I always liked that as a kid when Sting was like no face paint, but he still had like the the flat top. Oh yeah, and the glasses and the glasses with the little, but he had to have the like little rat tail ponytail thing going. Nah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that was the, time, the only dude. part of Sting I didn't like. That, I know. That was I know. the time I had a rat tail, dude. Uh, my mom wanted me to get my hair cut because she got tired of me getting called. Oh, that little girl's so cute because I was. But you're like, I damn was, it, Sting has one. I was beautiful. I mean, I had I had long, luscious John Bon Jovi esque 1986 curly, looked almost permed, blonde, blondish brown hair. Um, and then my dad was like, "Okay, we'll cut his hair, cut it down to a rat tail." And then I had that until I was about six or seven. And then I came to visit my grandparents in Arkansas. And my grandpa's like, we're cutting this thing off. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. So I, I know this part here when Sting was involved in this, it's how short this was, is they were feuding with, as the heels, the babies were uh, the JTEX Corporation. Yeah. Terry, Terry Funk crying, Great Muda, Buzz Sawyer, and the Dragon Master. Who, and, who was uh, the Dragon Master? I don't remember. Will you look it up real quick? Oh, Ka- Kazuo Sakurda. Oh, come on. You can speak that better is... Japanese than that. Kazuo Sakurada. 
Hi. His his ring names are Chan Chung, the Dragon Master, Kendo Nag- Nagasaki. That's who are that's Kendo Nagasaki. Yeah. Um, but that's how we know him. This is yeah, exactly. This is how sh- it's how short it was, and this was whenever they Sting was going to challenge Rick for the belt, and so they kicked him out and said, "You're not, you were never a horse." Yeah, Oli breaks the news to him in that interview promo, and yeah. I mean, Oli was like. It was kind of harsh, almost. <laughs> like I, I yeah. actually watched it again right before we we started recording, and I was like, "Damn, dude, Oli is kind of a chill dick. out, man." Yeah, yeah. Like at least, like, kind of like lead him on. He just broke straight. He went straight to breaking the news to him. He's like, "Ah, there's three of us and one of you. Like, you need to chill the hell out, bro." Yeah. Like we will beat the shit out of you, and they would have. I guarantee you. And I don't even know if it would have been kayfabe at that point. Um, so then at this point, like, Woman's kind of involved briefly, and then Oli retires, and Woman kind of, she kind of fades out. Because <laughs> they have valets. Yeah. They have a bunch of valets. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't managers back then. No, about. they were valets. Um, so <laughs> then Barry comes. That's how baller they were. Yeah. <laughs> and don't forget Fifi the Maid, which is a little later Oh, on, yeah. But, and that's actually Wendy, that's Ric Flair's current wife. Who yeah. after you know what almost thirty years they get they get together and get married. I mean that's that's pretty cool. Oh, he was running out of why. Yeah, he was running out of options. <laughs> He's like, well, I'll go with what I know and one I didn't marry. So yeah. Um, but yeah, she was the she was Fifi the maid in the old uh, Flair for the Gold segments. Um, yeah. When he he it was like his little talk show. It was in the set almost to me. It looked like a mix of the Golden Girls' house, their, their living room, and yeah. uh, and because uh, it's that same damn set yeah. and uh, and Married with Children or something. Yeah, it's like a mix of Golden Girls' living room, Married with Children, and uh, Regis and Kathy Lee. That's what it reminded <laughs> me of. Go back and look at the set of Flair for the Gold. No, I know what you're talking Twitter about. That's, and it tell is. me I'm wrong. I dare you. No, that's, that's exactly. That's... You'll be like you're right. And also the the living room from Alf. Yeah. Go ahead. And I know Alf better than anybody because that was my first word. Anyways, back to the Four Horsemen. So Barry Windham Steve comes Borden. back. Steve Borden. Stephen Borden. Um. Barry comes back on an episode of WCW, what was it at this point? Worldwide, I think. And then a week later... Worldwide uh, Wrestling. NWA Worldwide Worldwide wrestling. wrestling. This is pre-WCW Worldwide, which was sometimes actually kind of a good show. Um, yeah. One week later, Sid Vicious joins, who would later on become Sid Justice, and Psycho Sid, and then back to Sid Vicious, and then just Sid, and then have a hanging leg. <laughs> and and now oh, not show up for appearances because yeah. you say you have a speeding ticket. Although I did watch him. He was at a WrestleCon this year. And Stevie Ray, who has a podcast also on TitleMatchNetwork.com, uh, um, he was kind of interviewing everybody at WrestleCon, including Brian Pillman Jr., former guest. And we'll talk about his dad here in a minute. Um, but... Him and Sid seem to be, like, so tight. Like, I guess there was a story that Sid, like, helped out Harlem Heat. Uh, actually helped name them. So, whoa, it's noon, by the way. Yeah, there it is, man. The flood siren. Classic mountain home Arkansas right here. 
Yep. If you can hear that. I forgot about that. Well, I, I didn't forget about it because we were talking about it at work a couple of days ago because I worked with a guy from Russellville and he said at noon every day was uh, the nuclear siren. See, I don't ever remember this anywhere else I've ever lived. It's always just been here. It's Bom. it's just there. Bom. Because other places do tornado sirens, like Kansas and Oklahoma, they do tornado sirens at noon. See, I would freak out because I'm like, what the hell? I'm in the lake. It's beautiful. <laughs> I remember they. I remember they ran a test tornado siren one time while it was like stormy, and like the cl- I was like, "Oh my god, there's a tornado!" And then they were like, "This is just a test." And you're like, "Mom, like, get wow. in my backpack. I have to keep you safe." <laughs> <laughs> get in my backpack. Okay, so October uh, Halloween Havoc. Yeah, Sting, Sting beats Sid to retain the World Heavyweight Championship. Um. This is weird because Barry Windham is dressed as Sting. They're fighting on the outside. They get back in the ring, and it's Barry Windham as Sting. Um, he uh, Sid pins Barry Windham as Sting, thinks he won the belt. Uh, then Sting comes to the ring. The actual Sting comes to the ring, and the ref restarts the match. Sting beats Sid. Uh, May of 91, kind of jumping along here. May of 91, Sid leaves for the WWF. And then August of 91, the shock heard around the world. Ric Flair leaves the NWA after dispute over the everything under the sun. Um, I think at this point he's on the booking committee and kind of hates it. And nobody kind of wants to do what he wants to do. And just traditional Flair fashion. And he's like, you know what? I'm leaving. And I own this belt. I'm taking it with me. So, Flair leaves for the WWF, and at this point, you know, kind of skip along. Uh, Flair wins the WWF title, obviously. Um, WrestleMania 8, Flair loses the title to Macho Man. The horsemen are kind of defunct at this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With no Flair. So, I'm kind of, yeah, just kind of covering, you know, Flair. And then, obviously, that WrestleMania is actually headlined by Hulk Hogan and Sid Justice. So, there's two horsemen on that card. And then, 1993, uh, in January of 93, the night after the Royal Rumble, Flair loses a match to Mr. Perfect on a loser leaves town match. Flair loses, obviously, because he knows he's going back to WCW now at this point. So, 93, Flair returns at Slamboree of that year. Tully Blanchard was, they were trying to do a original Four Horsemen reunion. Tully Blanchard, I watched this shoot interview yesterday from RF Video. Tully basically said, you know, they contacted him and wanted him to come back. They were going to pay him $500 in appearance. And instead of, like, sending him an airline ticket, like, they didn't send him anything. And they were pissed because he didn't show up. And he's like, well, why would I show up? You didn't even send me an airplane ticket. But it was because they couldn't come to terms with a contract. And, you know, even at that point, you know, Ric Flair's making a hell of a lot more than $500 appearance. So, oh, yeah. you know, I, I totally get it. But so instead of Tully Blanchard, they bring in Paul Roma, who obviously you might know from his WWF days with, uh, who was it? Was that, let's see, is that Tito Santana? Who's Strike Force, right? Yeah. 
Uh, Salvatore Belomo. Uh, let's see here. I'm trying to figure I'm out who he is. I'm thinking it was Strike Force. God. I can't remember this dude's life. Or, because I know Rick Martell had it. Yeah. That was the. Was it Rick Martell and Paul Roma that were together? I think so. I'm going to look it up. It's going to drive me crazy. I, I'm looking right now, but uh, I can't. Uh, Hercules Hernandez. He teamed with him. Uh, I can't. I can't find it. Okay, so he was in the Paul Young Roma. Stallions with Jim Powers. That's what I was thinking of, not Strike Force. Oh, the Young Stallions. Yeah, yeah that's what yeah. I was. Thinking. I thought you were talking in WWF what he did. Yeah, that is what I was talking about. WWF. Early, that was early, before, prior to this. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was trying to, th- I was trying to think of what he had done before this, and I couldn't remember who who it was. Because Strike Force yeah. was Rick Martel and Tito Santana. Okay. And that was what was throwing me off. For some reason, I was thinking it was Paul Roma. I don't know why. Anyways, so they bring in Paul Roma, and they have three active horse, horsemen members because Ole is now their manager. Um, hang on. Yeah, Tito Santana, Rick Martel. Okay, I was right. I had to correct myself because I didn't want to hear about it. How can you call yourself a wrestling fan or old school wrestling fan? You don't remember who was in Strike Force. Yeah, get over it. Um, at this point in October of 93, uh, there was an incident in Europe while they were touring where Sid stabbed Arn Anderson. Shoot. Shoot. Uh. So Arn's out for a little bit. And at this point in 95, this is when the horsemen become Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Brian Pillman, and Chris Benoit. This is the horseman that this is kind of getting into my little territory. So what I remember. Pillman comes in. Was that Halloween Havoc as well? I'm thinking it was Halloween Havoc. 95. Yeah. Yeah. Flair. He. uh... It was Flair and Arn, wasn't it? That yeah. was the match, right? Yeah, yeah. Or was it? Or was this the the tag team? Thing? Arn, Arn beat Flair with the help of Brian Pillman. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that was that. Uh, that was that fall brawl. And then Halloween Havoc. Then, uh, it was supposed to be Flair and Sting versus Arn and uh, Arn and Arn and uh, Pillman. Was it Arn and Pillman? Yeah. Okay, so. Yeah, it was Sting and Flair, Flair versus Arn and Pillman, yes. Flair had uh, pretended to be beat down and had an injury. He comes out in his khakis and uh, has a bandage over his eye. And then after Sting tags in Flair, they turn on him and all three of them beat Sting down. Um, yep. Then uh, <laughs> Woman and Liz kind of come in as Flair's valets. Um, Miss Elizabeth is there for about six months. Um, so then in 96, Pillman becomes the loose cannon or what would become the, known as the loose Benoit, cannon. Benoit was just subtly added. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of after yeah, Havoc. He, yeah, just kind of after. The he match. didn't really have a huge, he, yeah, no. he just kind of 
became a not horseman. Yet. There not was until no the summer of ninety six did Benoit really have a big big spot in it. Um so Yeah, he was like one of those affiliates at first and then he Yeah kind of became anyway. So Bowman goes on to become what would be the loose cannon. Loose cannon. The loose cannon, Brian Bowman and the Brian Bowman story. Um oh. and if anybody has heard the podcast before um, or for your first time listener, uh, Brian Pillman Jr., who was on the show, awesome guest. Um, but if you haven't heard the story yet, that's what made me and Levi become friends was that loose cannon, the loose cannon DVD uh, commercial, the voiceover, which is kind of, I think, where that voice that you do kind of came from. Yeah. Um, Brian Pillman stars in the all new feature film. Loose Cannon, the story of Brian Pillman. So then he goes into a feud with Kevin Sullivan. And then, uh, I can't, I'm trying to remember which pay-per-view. Was it Uncensored? When Pillman kind of goes off on a rampage and refuses to wrestle him. Like, it's, I, I think that was actually a legit shoot. Um, so it's calling Kevin Sullivan Booker Man and all that stuff. And, like, just goes off the freaking rails. And then that's when he kind of he shows up later in ECW. Um, June of 96 at the Great American Bash, uh, Flair and Arn Anderson have a match against Steve Mongo McMichael and Kevin Green, the former Carolina Panther. Uh, he also played for the Packers. And he was most recently the linebacker coach for the New York Football Jets, if you didn't know that. And uh, so Mongo turns on Kevin Green. And then so that kind of brings in Deborah McMichael as well, who was what was she? The Miss. What what did her sash always say? She was Miss Tennessee, right? Was it Miss Tennessee? I can't. I can't. Miss. uh, She was one of those Miss. Yeah, yeah, I can't ever remember. And then she was Miss WCW at one point or something. But uh, so her and Deborah, or Deborah and Woman, don't see eye to eye on anything, and I think this was also a shoot because apparently they didn't get along together backstage either. So it kind of made this storyline easier to believe because they didn't really like each other. So this kind of forms like a heated thing between Benoit and McMichael. They're always having to pull them apart, and blah blah blah. So, okay, so now we're... This is when the shirts are around, by the way. The Four Horsemen yeah, shirts. the bad actors. Which are sweet. Yeah. Yes. Um, then Jeff Jarrett wants to join. Uh, well, when did Dean join? When did Malenko join? I think, like, 98. Okay, so then... I want to Or, like, right before... Like, 97, maybe? Uh, late 97? Yeah. Or early 97? Okay, yeah, yeah, it's coming up. Okay, so uh, Jeff Jarrett wants to be a horseman. He's basically modeled his WCW character after Ric Flair. He does the strut, does the figure four, which wouldn't be the last time that Ric Flair let somebody else use the figure four, <clears throat> Miz. Um, yeah. So February 97, Jeff Jarrett and Mongo kind of have a, a thing going over Debra. Um, Debra seems to have eyes for Jeff Jarrett. Um, that's J E double F J A double R E double T. Ha ha. Any great. Um, so then Jeff Jarrett beats Dean Malenko for the U S title. Um, Ric Flair, or, well, he was never technically a member of the horsemen. 
But it's said in on a nitro, I think that you know Ric Flair welcomes him into the Horsemen. Um, Malenko, huh? Or Jeff Jarrett? Yeah, Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. And then Arn has said in recent years that Jeff Jarrett was never a member of the Horsemen, and he shouldn't yeah. be seen as a member of the Horsemen. So, but like I said, Ric Flair said he was, so that's why he's in here. Um. Then Jeff Jarrett beats Dean Malenko for the U.S. title, and I think this is about when Dean comes in because Jeff Jarrett is out in July because Flair yes. is tired of his shenanigans. Uh, yeah, Deb- this is when Dean comes in and Kurt comes in as well. Yeah. Uh, after Deborah leaves uh, with Jeff Jarrett, obviously. Um, then August of 97, Kurt Henning gets not just a spot, but aren't. He's the enforcer. Yeah, he becomes the enforcer. I always love that promo because Arn is like, you know, my neck's jacked up. You know, I'm never going to be able to wrestle again. So I'm not just giving. You cut out. I cut out there. You, you there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Call from the wife. Um, telemarketer. Anyway, no, it was the wife. Not just a. Spot, She's a telemarketer. But my spot. So Kurt Henning joins, and then. Obviously, turns at Fall Brawl, I believe it was, because yep. uh, I had the War Games match, and joins the NWO. And then September 29th of 1997, the Horsemen are no more. Then they return. Of course, yeah. Uh, Dean, Mongo, Flair, and Orn. Uh, let's see... Uh, then we get Little Nate, Charles Robinson, uh, probably one of my favorite characters in the last. He was fact, like, he was like their he was their rep. Yeah, he he was like the Nick Patrick of the Horsemen. Um, yeah. Then uh, David Flair comes in, uh, gets awarded the U.S. title. Um, Malenko and Benoit are sick of Flair's selfishness and joins Revolution led by Shane Douglas and then also member Perry Saturn. And this was kind of, uh, they were like the radicals before yeah. they went to... And obviously Shane Douglas wouldn't follow them to WWF because of his reputation there and his hatred yeah. for all things Click and WWF in general. From there, it's just kind of Horseman was just it, not, yeah, it was non-existent was really after that. Um, they did little things like the Ric Flair was in like the what was the TNA faction he was in Fortune Fortune before that, and they used it was Fortune Four. That was yeah, that. that was kind of then, a, a, a salute, if you will, if you will, to the Four Horsemen. Evolution was very much. It was supposed. It was. It's supposed to be the four horsemen. Yeah, it was like with Flair. It leading, was like but, Horseman 2.0. Yeah, but then they just did Triple H as the leader and called it Evolution for the which different generations. Which it wouldn't really and be 2.0 because of so many member changes and everything. It would have. Yeah, been. it'd be like 25.0. Yeah. Um. So, let's see what else. Uh, the four horsemen were modeled after them. Not only the. Mixed martial arts women, Ronda Rousey, Shayna Baszler, uh, Jasmine Duke, and Marina Schaffer. <laughs> they they are the four horsemen of MMA. Horsewomen of MMA. 
And then, of course, the WWE's four horse women of wrestling. That's Charlotte, Bailey, Becky Lynch, and Sasha Banks. And they were all and, at the Mayo uh, Classic and kind of had a stare down. Yep. I think we're eventually going to see that because I just heard that the other two four horse women of MMA have reported to the Performance Center to start their. They sure have. And that was just yep. announced yesterday. So, yeah. kind of fitting that we throw that in. Because I think we're going to eventually see a four-on-four of that. Uh, The Four Horsemen were inducted into the 2012 Hall of Fame. Welcome back to the 2012 WWE Hall of Fame ceremony. And as you said, it wasn't wasn't Ole Anderson. It was um, Barry Windham. And And Ric Flair cries. So... Of course. And then he also cries when the Four Horsemen come out with his retirement yeah. in 08. His quote-unquote retirement. I said I would never retire. Woo! <laughs> um, yeah, Horseman's, uh, Horseman's legendary, man. And when I say it's, I think it was I think it was the guys who paved the way for factions. Yep. Because Jim Ross said it best. Without the Four Horsemen, there would be no NWO, there would be no DX. There'd be no Obviously, evolution. There'd be no evolution. And uh, to put it in today's term, if there was no Four Horsemen, there would be no Bullet Club. Nope. So everybody, I hope everybody enjoyed our little. Yeah, sorry for my lack of communication on that, but Tommy was the he was the man in this one, carrying the show, and he uh, I think he's more educated with the. Not that I don't know, obviously, but like. That was a little before my time, and I just know the impact they had and seen bits and pieces here and there, but I couldn't tell you everything because so much went and down. And I mean, so we could have sat research. here for six hours and went through every title reign and all that stuff, but that would have been too much. Yeah, that's so much. I just yeah, wanted, it's, I wanted I mean, to it's... hit the bullet points and the big, you know, the big things that happened. The bullet points. But, 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 bullet point, 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 points. Um, but, I mean, you know, it's... It, 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 Solid almost hour and a half now. The first 30 minutes, obviously, was a discussion um, in honor of our friend Ronnie, who listens on Anchor and wanted to call in and give us some uh, feedback, which which is nice. Yeah, thank you, yeah, Ronnie. Thanks, Ronnie. You're a real pal and a confidant. Thank you for being a friend. Um, <laughs> anyways... So, anywho, we've got. Well, let's see. Next, what was that poll for? Tuesday is going to be HBK now. So yep. that means, not that I have the to shizzle. research anything, but now I get to watch Shawn Michaels for a week. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why it every is. time I hear it, I'm cracking up. I guess because I don't know it's, it's coming. queued up and ready to go. Yeah, you never know. It's all queued up, ready to roll. I, you know, I I actually recorded it off the TV to put on the beginning of the episode, and then I was like, ah, they're probably gonna sue me because I had to play like the full like I think it was like thirty two seconds to get to the. Yeah, it's it's a, it's in there a little ways. Yeah. You just gotta wait for so it. So I think it like the the copyright thing comes in right at thirty seconds. You can't have any more than thirty seconds before they because that's more than a preview. Yeah. So I was like, that's man, the I way could that's... Do like twenty nine, but it, then it was like thirty two, and I was like, ah, shit, forget it. 
Yeah. So yours was yours was good. Get it, you're fired. Yeah. I don't want to get a cease and desist from New York. Yeah. Well, oh yeah, it would come from New yeah, York because they own it. Uh, it's NWA. That's defunct. Yep. They own it. Well, I mean, the, the WWF digital music thing put out the this the music of WCW, and that's on there. So. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to get a cease and desist. The horse. Gentleman. Although I would be honored. I kind of would be, would yeah. I'd be like, all right. Hey, they heard us, all right. They hey, yeah, somewhere. they noticed us. <laughs> we we, we, got, we got a little bit of a rub. I I would take it as a hell of a yeah. rub. We're over. You can rub me off. <laughs> <laughs> we can come out with our own cease and desist shirt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. At this point, at this point, I think everybody's turned it off. So let's hit them with the plugs. Yeah. All right. I said it earlier as a commercial, but let's hit that commercial one more time. You know where you can find our merch, and that's at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash heels and quads for t-shirt designs. Buy them all. B square or B square. Uh, yeah, you heard it. B square or B square. I guess I'm a square. <laughs> My sphincter. Uh, you can go to collarandelbowbrand.com. What? Use coupon code. What? Heels and. Get a credit card that gives you what you need now a low interest rate on everyday purchases and a place to transfer high interest rate balances. The PenFed Gold Contactless Card is our lowest interest rate credit card. You can even earn a $100 statement credit when you spend $1,500 in the first 90 days. Join PenFed, and together, we can help you keep more of what's yours. Visit PenFed.org slash goldcard. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. The N-OLED display in the Cadillac Escalade has 38 total diagonal inches of color display. So why do we give it a curve, too? I guess you could say we like to bend the rules. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Quads in all caps. At checkout. Tons of sweet merch. Heels and quads in all caps. At checkout. That's collarandelbowbrand.com. Woo! I can't can't even do the full. I was going to try to do the full uh, promo. The full horseman? Full Ric Flair, but I can't do it. Plus, I'm starting to lose my voice because I talk so much. And Zubaz. You can go to Zubaz.com and you can use coupon code HEELS AND QUADS in all caps once again. But at this checkout, you save 15%. There's all kinds of stuff at Zubaz. You need to go check that out. Zubaz.com. Use coupon code HEELS AND QUADS in all caps at checkout and save 10%. (laughs) Or 15%. That's 10% is color and elbow. 15 is Zubas. Also, if you're listening to us, if you subscribe to us, don't forget, like I do every other show, to go to Radio Public. It's an app you can find in your App Store or Google Play. You download that. You transfer all of your favorite podcasts, not just ours, everybody's. We are a full support system of every podcast. They're all over the place. So go to Radio Public, download the app, transfer all of your favorite podcasts, including ours, and you help support the show. (laughs) (laughs) 
Listen, here you damn son of a bitch. Turn that damn song on one more time. I'm gonna stop a mud hole in your ass and walk it dry. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm gonna listen to it all day. Oh yeah. I'm gonna be like doing dishes. I'm gonna play it when Amanda comes home from work. She's gonna walk through the yep. door and it'll be playing. What the hell? It'll be on from there. I'll be riding on one You'll of those little hobby horses up. through the living room. Riding the broom around with your your four. <laughs> My hoos. All right. So, all right. Well, that one's in the right, books. WrestlingTees.com forward slash heels and quads. Collarandelbowbrand.com. Heels and quads in all caps because we're a professional businessman. Saves you 10% at the checkout. Zubas.com gets your sweet ass Zubas. Your zebra print pants, pantalones, and also leggings for the ladies or the gents. If you if you guys want to wear leggings, that's cool. I actually have seen some indie guys that wear leggings as their gear. So go ahead and do that. And then also, don't forget Ooh. Radio Public app to listen to our show. Or if you want, you can listen anywhere else. But we would appreciate the Radio Public rub. So would everybody but else. But if you do subscribe on iTunes or Google Play Music, make sure you give us that big old rating. Write us a long, lengthy review of all the things we do right, and of course, all the things that are the drizzling shits. So That's next right. Tuesday, Wrestler Spotlight. The Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. My God, that's Shawn Michaels. That's gotta be Shawn Michaels. And uh, when he's coming down, Wednesday we don't know yet. We'll figure it out. We'll figure out Wednesday. We might even just we haven't done a discussion in a while. We'll see what's going on. I I kind of wanted that to win actually, in in a sad way because I've been dying to do the Shawn Michaels one. But yeah, kind of we'll figure it out. Let's do a discussion next Wednesday. Screw screw a poll. I mean, we can discuss whatever. We can discuss. We can discuss Ronnie, our new best friend. He's a good dude. So on that note, tell your friends. Tell your enemies. Talk to you guys next Tuesday with Wrestler Spotlight. Shawn Michaels. Jesus, pal. Look at him. Where he does he smile He knows he's Where sexy. He's got the <laughs> looks that drives the girls wild. Stand back. That's a fact. All right, I'm done. All right. Tell your friends. Talk to you Tuesday. Tell your friends. Tell, tell your, your enemies. grandma. Tell your tell uncle. Tell your grandpappy. Tell uh, your foster parents. Tell Aunt Jemima. Because she ain't your mama. All right. We'll talk to you guys Tuesday. But she's great on pancakes. She is. She's lovely on pancakes. Look at that. That body. My God, the curves. Chocolate nipples. <laughs> I like chocolate chip pancakes. That's not from my mouth. That's from Vince McMahon's well, mouth. Well, not about Angel That kind of was you. Oh, yeah, that was. <laughs> but the chocolate nipples. Yeah, thing, chocolate yeah. titties. Chocolate titties. Jesus. You're getting better. That was good. Jacqueline. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you guys Tuesday. Bye. <laughs>
Support for this episode has been provided by Ratio Keto-Friendly Dairy Snacks. If counting macros makes your head spin, count instead on a snack by Ratio. They've done the math for you, so you can spend less time studying the label and more time enjoying your day. Creamy and delicious, try strawberry and vanilla for two grams of carbs and a unique combination of sugar and protein. Interested? Ratio Keto-Friendly Dairy Snacks are now available in the yogurt aisle at Walmart. Always consult your physician before starting an eating plan that involves regular consumption of high-fat foods. Support for this episode has been provided by Ratio Keto-Friendly Dairy Snacks. If counting macros makes your head spin, count instead on a snack by Ratio. They've done the math for you, so you can spend less time studying the label and more time enjoying your day. Creamy and delicious, try strawberry and vanilla for two grams of carbs and a unique combination of sugar and protein. Interested? Ratio Keto-Friendly Dairy Snacks are now available in the yogurt aisle at Walmart. Always consult your physician before starting an eating plan that involves regular consumption of high-fat foods.